yo, yo. Welcome to the episode, newest episode of the week here. I uh, actually got a guest uh, joining me today, uh, my buddy named Javier. We're actually going to do a revisit review on uh, La Bamba. But uh, seeing as how when we started talking about doing this, um, you know, little Richard kind of passed away. So Yeah, he passed away. It's crazy, man. It's it's, it's kind of weird that, that, you know, that happened at the same time, you know, where it just just so happened to, you know, we we talked about doing it. And then it's weird that, when was it, Friday, I think? Yesterday, maybe Friday, you know, yesterday, early morning, possibly. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I wanted to pick your brain because I know you're you're one of the biggest uh, La Bamba fans that I know ever. So <laughs> I wanted to pick your brain about the movie because um, we're gonna do a quick rundown review on it. And then, um, I mean, before we get into that though, just want to see what you thought about you know Little Richard passing away. You know, I gotta say I I became more of his of his fan as uh, I grew older. I didn't find out till later on that uh, actually one of his songs was in uh, in the La Bamba movie uh, in the scene where you know Richie balances ironing his clothes. Uh, yeah. That ready that ready Teddy song is on and. Um, um, I love '50s music, and uh, you know, Little Richard's uh, music is all full of energy. It's uh, is is just amazing how you can feel his energy through his music. Yeah, for sure, without a doubt. That's that's uh, that's something I was I was gonna say too. Um, when the first song of his that I ever heard was, uh, you know, that one I played in the intro. You know, I kind of got to play in here in the background a little bit, but uh, I saw I think Predator for the first time when I was a kid. And I was like probably seven years old, eight years old when Predator came out. And that scene where they're in the helicopter and they're, you know, they're going to their mission, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's in the helicopter, uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, and they're all just sitting there like ready to, you know, get down to business. And uh, I think, I think it's Jesse Ventura who his play on the radio and then Long Tall Sally comes on. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's, his music is just so full of energy. You know, it's amazing. Um, and it's actually funny too, because I was I was reading something not too long ago about that. Uh, back then, you know, um, a Richie Valens was uh, known as a Little Richard of uh, of San Fernando Valley. What? That's crazy. Yeah, so, yeah, because of his, you know, because of you know his similarities to Little Richard, you know, you know his energy, and then that's how, you know, Richie Valens's um, uh, manager Bob Keener, you know, the one that found him. That's how he. Went to go check him out. Somebody told him, "Hey, there's a guy that sounds, you know, kind of, you know, like Little Richard, or you know, his energy, you know." So, yeah. And that's just something new that I just read up on, you know, that part. That's crazy, dude. I didn't know that. And then you know, and when you think about it, you know, some of his music, you know, does you know have some kind of energy like that in it. Yeah, for sure. You know, just getting. You know, we're not gonna get too carried away. You know, talking about it, but it's just we wanted to bring it up because you know that that music is from that era, right? Yeah, fifties. Uh, just in memoriam of him, I think it was, um, you know, awesome. Like the music and all the inspiration that dude obviously had on a lot of music afterwards, you oh, know. Yeah. And then um, just everything he had to deal with, you know, being being obviously, you know, a black man in the fifties, you know, dealing with civil rights, and then you know, most likely being gay. You know, I know he went back and forth, kind of about you know coming out as being gay or not being gay or whatever, but. Yeah, dealing with all that stuff at that time, bro, is crazy, you know. And obviously, he influenced a ton of people. So I just, I just wanted to give it a shout out, you know, at the beginning. But getting into uh, La Bamba, man, like you said, that's crazy. Uh, 
you know, we're going to talk about the movie a little bit, talk about the artists, you know, that the movie's based on. Like you said, they, they call them the uh, Little Richard of Santa Fernando Valley. I had no idea about that. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool to know that. And then, so, Avi, do you know, like, how, how old he was when he started, like, you know, performing and stuff? Um, evolved. I know, you know, since junior high, he was always taking his guitar to school and that. And, you know, music has always been in him. Uh, he's, he, he, he taught himself how to play a lot of instruments. You know, guitar. I think I read a, a saxophone, maybe piano, and then something I just barely knew. And, and you're, you're probably like this since you're left-handed, but I didn't know he was left-handed. You know. Oh, and, word! That's crazy. Yeah, and his love for the guitar was so big that he taught himself how to play. You know, you know how to play right-handed. Yeah, I was gonna say that. They say it's it's pretty hard. That's why I never learned because most people say you have to learn like how to play right-handed because left-handed guitars are mad expensive or something like that. But yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that. What do you think about uh, the way like the movie started out as far as showing his life, like, you know, living with his moms? You know, they were obviously looked like they were working in fields and stuff and uh, picking stuff. Did, did it, is that like accurate, do you think? I mean, you know, just like a lot of the movies that are based on real life, not I think not, not all of it is always 100 percent accurate, but a lot of it is if you, you know, research on it compare different things you read up on um you know and even my even myself you know visiting a lot of the sites that where he was from or played at you know a lot of it is a lot of it is is, is accurate uh, you know as can be because obviously they had to uh ask you know richie valentine's mom for permission on the movie back then before releasing it and i think she passed maybe what the same year or a, a year later after it was released yeah a year wow Obviously, uh, so yeah, the movie starts out, and I'm not gonna say spoilers because, bro, this movie's what from uh, <laughs> 1987 or something. We were like, so, yeah, we were five, six years old. Oh, 87. <laughs> I thought it was 85 for some reason. Yeah, but still, I mean, it's been out for like 30 years at least. So if y'all haven't seen it by now, it's like you know, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't give you really spoilers on this. <laughs> the stories, you know, the story's known. Um, these were very famous individuals, so. The movie, yeah, like it starts out, they're out in the fields. Um, and then it seems like Richie was already like kind of playing music for people in the fields. And then his brother comes back, right? Bob. Yeah, Bob. And, and Bob seems like he's a dude that has had a harder life than Richie, maybe. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, he had problems with drugs, alcohol, uh, trouble with the law. And, uh, you know, that's how it was portrayed in the movie. In real life, it was actually like that. But, um, you know, for being, despite of uh, the kind of life he lived when he was younger, he turned his life around in real life. You know, he became, uh, I think, some kind of uh, some kind of counselor, you know, to help yeah, to help people with um, drug problems and stuff like that and everything. And I probably have, a, I think, long life for me, thinking, you know, despite the, maybe the damage he did to his body in his younger, you know, years. But he, I, I think he got to live... Uh, to be in his 80s. Uh, he passed away probably two years ago for some, some type of cancer. So, yeah, Bob comes back, right? He takes, uh, he tells, you know, Richie and his mom and family, he's like, yo, you know, I, I got money now. I want y'all to come live with me. And do they do they move to L.A. at that time or where did they move to? No, nah, they moved to, uh, they moved to Pacoima, um, which Pacoima. is, yeah, to Pacoima, which is uh, in the San Fernando Valley area. 
Oh, okay, um, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, which is, I think, like 40 minutes from LA or something like that, or an hour. You know, I was there last year and it took me about, I think, 40 minutes to an hour drive. N- not too far, not too far from there. Oh, wow. So then he could have, yeah, so then about 40 minutes from LA. Certain. Then, um, so then I wonder, like, at that time in the movie, it seems like, so they they move there and then he kind of starts, like, looking for gigs, right? Or looking for bands to join? Well, yeah, one of the bands he joined, I don't know if he joined other bands, but one of the bands uh, he joined for sure, which is also in the movie and in real life, you know, um, of the Silhouettes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he yeah. joined the Silhouettes. Which, you know, just like in the movie, the lead singer left and he took the lead singer role. So was it was the lead singer salty like that in real life? Did uh, it, like, the way it made it? You know, I, this book that I was reading on them uh, mentioned, uh, I don't know if they interviewed the guy that was in the head of the Silhouettes or something, but it, it might have been a little jealousy there, but he doesn't speak too, too really bad on, you know, on Richie. So some of that stuff might have been accurate. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, it made it seem right away. Like, um, so, yeah, Richie, you know, just seemed like he was super talented, right? Like he he auditioned, it seemed like, with the, the silhouettes. And um, when he auditions with them, he just kind of blows everyone away. And you can kind of see that the lead singer is jealous, right, from the silhouettes. Oh, yeah. In the movie, right? So it just seems like he's mad jealous. And then uh, I think he he tells his mom, you know, I got into the band. And then um, we're going to have our first gig, right? And I think they do their first gig. But but Richie's just kind of like playing backup guitar, right? He doesn't let him sing. Yeah, he's just letting him be a backup. So, yeah, he's just like being backup and he don't let him sing. And then... Uh, you can tell Richie's kind of upset, you know, when he walks away, you know, and he goes to ride home with his moms and his mom's like, they don't know who they're messing with. Right. Because she felt kind of bad for him because he didn't get to perform. really. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, his mom was a, you know, was a tough one. His mom was out there to help him, you know, get his name out there, too, you know. So. So from there, then getting back into like a little bit of the backstory, like with Bob and rosita and his family so was was richie with rosita were they like dating or was that just kind of see that that stuff i I, you know forget from what i remember i don't know if they dated or richie had liked her i think they might have dated got you got you so yeah that's one part i left out from like uh at the beginning you know when they moved away from uh north california i think it was to move to San Fernando? No, I thought they were in, you know, like Baja or... Oh, were they, they were, south? They were, they were further south, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I, okay. w- I would think you can tell by the type of the, you know, where they were picking fruits and all that stuff or whatever they were... Yeah, they were the land. It looked, further, it looked further south, at least. Okay. So then, yeah, so that part I kind of left out that, you know, Rosita was kind of like... They made a scene in the movie like they were dating and then Bob showed up and kind of, you know, took her from her bro- from his brother. So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of shady. <laughs> and, and it's funny because you know, as a kid watching it, what seven years old, six years old, I didn't, you know, all this stuff made sense again more as I watched it as I got older. And you know, I didn't know you know Richie had liked her or they dated or anything like that till till I was already old, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's one thing. Um, you know, fast forwarding back to where we were a little bit, that it's kind of running in the movie that you kind of see that relationship between uh, Bob, Richie, Rosita. It's kind of it's kind of complicated, I think, at first, because 
you know, the, how they set it up at the beginning that it made it seem like Richie was dating uh, Rosita. And then um, she comes back to live with them too. And I think Bob ends up getting her pregnant. And he's like, you know, what's that famous line he says? Oh, he says, uh, when she tells him, uh, uh, she tells him, I'm pregnant. And, you know, he tells yeah. her, what you want me to say? Takes a shot. <laughs> Not my first normal last. Yeah, <laughs> it's like such a, it's it not not for nothing, no other word to say, but that's such an asshole move, right? To say like, you know, that's that's the asshole move to say to a girl that's basically through her life to be with you, and um, that and and you react that way. So yeah, that's kind of like the the behind the scenes of uh, Richie Valens's life within the movie. You know what I mean? Because in the movie, obviously, they show like. You know how he's trying to make it you know try to be famous so back to that and um how i think his mom said she got him like the american legion right yeah to, to do his first show yeah and i think that american legion is actually still open to this day that's one place that i missed uh going to when i went there last year but i mean i mean to you know to drive by but it's still open at american legion wow you know because it's crazy yeah because in real life i think you know, they played at that american you know legion when he first started off you know just like in the movie to do yeah and american legion still i think uh not i think it, it it is still open well as of last year it was wow so then when he does this show at the american legion right he kind of blows the doors off the joint and when he does it uh, that's when that guy from uh cam do you remember the record label that he was with oh wait 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 that american legion wait but or was it a different one then because in the movie, I thought it was that bar, that bar, that bar scene. That's why they're talking about uh, the the small. Oh, you're right. He did play at a bar. You're right. He did play at a bar. Because My bad. One, I, I, yeah, because the other one was a school, I think. So then he played the in the when he played in the bar. That's when he got discovered, or was it? I thought it was when they did the gig no, at the American when, Legion. Yeah, no, when he did the gig at the at that, uh, at, I believe that was a school gym, you know, or or, or whatnot. Oh, okay. You know, um, you're about to make me want to rewatch that movie now because I'm almost because I know the American Legion was very small. You know, gotcha. You know, but uh, it was at that uh, at the bigger, you know, at the bigger gig, you know, with the silhouettes where he got discovered. Gotcha. Okay. So then maybe in the movie it's it, it might be slightly different. That maybe there was, I know I remember there was a bar scene in the movie because he went he played country music, right? Yeah, that's and what, uh, that, and that's, that's where Bob was doing the backup drums. Yeah, Bob was doing the yeah, Bob and, was doing the backup drums for him. And he was doing a a, a cover song um, that's actually a Buddy Holly song, uh, "Old Boy." Yeah, that's right. So then, okay, so then, yeah, in the movie, yeah, he did that, and then from that, I think his mom. That's when her mom, his mom, I, they make it seem like that's when his mom saw like how talented he was, and she wanted to put like more effort to get him more more gigs and more exposure. And then, um, yeah, they do that that show at the gym, and then he gets discovered by Bob Keen, right? Yes. Yeah. So then, um, so from there, um, did he right away go to record his first song after that show? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think he took him to the studio to talk with him, for, you know, first, you know. Um, right. I don't think they recorded right away to talk to him first about you know leaving his band and being solo. You know, and Richie, you know, uh, was going to walk away from it because he didn't want to just leave his band hide and dry like that. But 
you know, um, Richie knew he, uh, his, his family was more important than anything. And, you know, they're very poor. So he had to make this move and leave his bandmates and, uh, you know, start, start recording on his own. Man, that was like, um, <clears throat> not for nothing. And I know there's a little sidetrack to La Bamba review. We're doing, you know, uh, the revisit to that movie and, you know, the artist uh, behind that movie. Um, but they make it seem like uh, I, I've seen a couple biopics, like the James Brown movie, uh, the Little Richard one I just saw recently too. Um, they make it seem like a lot of stars back in the day they made you drop your band, you know, like they they did not want you to record with your homies. <laughs> they wanted you to use their studio recordings. And I, I don't know why. I, I don't want to say it's why, but maybe you know, money wise, you know, because they uh-huh. they felt like you know we get somebody else to make the beats or or you know play the instruments for you and or mm-hmm. whatever and signing them by their own was cheaper for them but man when you look back at the amount of money they got compared to now what artists getting out yeah I, I can't even imagine um i mean i i know a, a good amount about the music industry just because i kind of worked closely with it for a good amount of time so i understand the way publishing works the way ASCAP works, BMI, um, the way artists and producers get paid differently. So I could only imagine back then, like how much they were getting paid to now is probably way, way different. You know, I mean, obviously for that times it was probably good, you know, because yeah. stuff was a lot cheaper back then too. But yeah, it's, there's no way to look at it now and think uh, that that uh, you know that <laughs> that's fair, <laughs> but. <clears throat> getting back to the movie so he records that first album uh with bob king was it uh was it the donna song or was it a different one i don't know if it was come on let's go oh you're right you know if it was come on let's go yeah that's probably one of my one, one of my uh one of my favorite ones from him you know i think you're right i think it was come on let's go in the movie um i'm not sure in real life that's what it was but he records come on let's go and then i think that's the a side on the b side is that when he wanted he wanted to record donna on the b side i, I think I, yeah i don't know when he records donna um i don't even wait do they even do they did they even show them record donna yeah yeah they I did remember him singing it They're, on the payphone you know <laughs> yeah he's saying it yeah, for sure he's saying it on the payphone but he they show him a recording in the studio and um i mean well in the in the movie uh, it seems like so after he records that and then he kind of starts uh, doing some shows I think he he ends up like going back to the school in the movie and picking up Donna yeah. but by then it seems like all the kids in the high school know who he is like he's famous you know what I'm saying and uh, they, they start asking for his autograph and stuff dude how old was he when he, when, when that happened do you think it was like 17 16, 16. Si- at that time he was 16 yep I think when he passed he was only he was either still 16 or he was a 17. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, for someone like so young, yeah. dude, to have a story. So then, yeah, Richie had a fear of flying, right? So I think after that, he was going to fly to Philadelphia to do American Bandstand. Yeah, yeah, he had he, he had a fear of flying me uh, because, um, as in the movie, you know, he has nightmares of uh, a plane crash outside of a playground. It looks like you know basketball court. That you know, and it falls on top of his uh, is killing his best friend. So yeah, so in mm-hmm. real life, that you know that happened. Uh, 
that day he happened to be at his grandfather's funeral and there was a, a two airplanes collided above uh, the playground of his school you know and it, and it mm-hmm. uh it, it killed his best friend and might have injured other friends but uh, yeah so he he had fear of flying because of that man that's yeah that's what i was gonna say so do you think like in the movie they definitely show that right like he's having yeah. these nightmares of uh of the mid-air collision so do you think that because that did happen and he saw it you think that was like a premonition to him too like that he he was scared to fly because of that like he he thought that's how he was gonna go i believe so i yeah that's crazy man that's the it seemed that's how it seemed to me as well um you know like how he was giving the premonitions and um you know in the movie they they kind of show like i think after he, he get, he's he's starting to make you know a little bit of fame and then you know he's doing music and stuff and they show him and bob that they take kind of like a ride to tijuana yeah. right and uh that's where he sees like a uh, medicine man i think he wakes up after getting the, the i wonder if he really got that guitar tattooed on his arm um like, you know i was looking for traces of it uh and I don't know if I, I want to say I think he did. But I'm not sure. Yeah, that that's that's one I have to go back to. And <laughs> dude, it's natural, yeah, you know. Yeah, what yeah, I mean, because yeah, you know, I got that guitar tattooed on me. Obviously, you've seen it. And um, but yeah, you know, I know a lot of them flyers, you know, from back then were you know were legit with the with the flying guitar on it. So I'm not sure if he got a tattooed on him or not. But yeah, with the uh, them going to yeah yeah he was medicine man but I think he uh you know they were into that Santaria mm-hmm. I don't know I mean yeah I, yeah Santeria. I'm not a big uh, superstitious person but sometimes it makes me you know makes me wonder you know that plane crash and everything yeah I think so too I mean it definitely makes it seem like that too in the movie um, they're they're kind of pushing that through every once in a while in the scenes and they kind of make make you think like um, you know keep this in mind because this is going to end up happening kind of like foreshadowing i guess yeah you could say in the movie that yeah. and um when they do that it's like if you've never seen this before and you know what's crazy is i don't know if i've ever told you this um but this is one of like probably the third or fourth movies i ever saw in the theater so i actually saw la bamba when it came out when i was a kid i went with my sister and we saw it yeah me too i started do uh dunes theater in the zion illinois Oh yeah, that's right. It was playing there. I wonder why, dude. I wonder why it was such a why it called our attention so much. You know, just, when I think about I, that, I, too. I think it might have been our love for music because, you know, just uh, like my younger son, fifteen. I mean, obviously he's seen a movie a couple of years ago, and it's it's not because I told him, hey, this better be your favorite movie too. No, it's it was one of his favorite movies too, and he still plays it on his own, for, you know, all the time, and then. My little brother's uh, son, you know, my nephew, he's about, what, five or six now? And I gave him a copy of that movie for his birthday about two or three years ago. And he and he was always mm-hmm. playing it when he came over here to my mom's house, his grandma's house, and always had my mom playing it for him. And he's a little entertainer himself. He's always trying to uh, copy, you know, Michael Jackson moves, dancing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. music. So it's it. I think it's just the music that's in the movie that catches us at a young age, well, the ones that, you know, have that music in our blood, you know, that love it. I think that's what it is. And, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's an interesting story itself, too. But as a kid, you don't know that. But I think as a kid, you pay attention to the tunes first. 
and later on fall in love yeah. uh, with the history behind it. You know, and, yeah, that, and that's how I yeah. fell in love. I mean, well, I've, I've, you already know music is, you know, I, I love music, but I fell in love with the history behind it. I love 50s and, and their history behind, you know, behind, you know, everything that happened outside of that movie, you know, uh, pertaining to La Bamba, you know. No, that's a that's a great point that you made. You know, it's it's just when you when you're younger, the things that call attention to you, and they end up sticking with you when you get older. And then when you get older and you learn the history behind those things, it just kind of cements the love for it oh, a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you get that nostalgia. And um, so, like, yeah, I was saying, you know, in the movie, he flies, uh, you know, back to. Uh, Philadelphia do American Bandstand and that's kind of when he goes national gets big I think leading up to that that's when he stopped thinking about the fear for flying you know once he saw that he was going to be able to be famous I mean and and to me that's like a question of uh, more like a question of age you know because he was so young he probably was just like you know what when am I going to have this opportunity I'm so young I want to be a star and you know you know, screw it. I'm a fly. <laughs> I'm a fly to do American Bandstand because American Bandstand was like the big thing uh, back then. And you know, it's it's just crazy. From from that point in the movie, it, it seems like because honestly, and to be honest, the movie's not that long. You know, I think it's only like an hour, maybe an no, hour. When and there's so minutes. much history behind that movie, you know, when you know you're like, wow, yeah. it wasn't that long of a movie. But and you know what though, when you but they they got to all the points though, and I I mean to a lot of the the main points, which is the movie was good. The movie was good. Yeah. And, you know, no, yeah, Go ahead. they couldn't have picked uh, better actors to, uh, you know, to play those parts, you know, uh, the guy who played Bob. Lou or... Philip was uh, was Richie and then Bob to play, uh, um, what's his real, was his name drive? Is it uh, Isai Morales? Yeah, yeah, it's Isai. Yeah, so, you know, Richie's and Bob's role were, you know, were great, you know, um, and, uh, even I'm sure you haven't got there yet, but you know the the person that played Buddy Holly, even though it was only for a little bit, and uh, you know it was only one song on stage, you heard him. He's he actually sang his song for the movie, and he played him in the movie. You know he kind of looked like Buddy Holly, and you know he we recorded that song for the movie. You know uh, the crying, waiting, hoping. Yeah. Yeah. His name is Marshall Marshall Crenshaw. Oh wow. Yeah, and he he's uh yeah he's played him uh, in a lot of gigs. Uh, well, back you know back then he was obviously much younger, but he played a lot of his uh, a lot of his songs. a lot of his songs. So they couldn't have picked you know a better person to portray you know Buddy Holly and to actually play and sing the music for you know for the movie. So you know, Marshall Crenshaw's pretty good at the guitar too. Yeah, well that's that's where uh, I was gonna go next, man. Um, so it seems like pretty. You know, shortly after that, you know, is when um, I think Richie buys a house for his mom and Bob sees everything that's, you know, going on, kind of feels neglected. And, you know, Richie's kind of doing shows. Um, and he I think right before he was about to drive out to do a, a show, I think, on the road is when him and Bob get into that fight and Bob tears his necklace off. Right. Yes. Which is a necklace that he feels like is giving him the protection from, you know, flying and stuff that he got from the uh, the medicine man, the curandero. And um, so does, did that really happen, do you think? Like, they, were, were they, did they have beef, like, right before the last time that Bob saw Richie? I do not recall. 
that might have been more just movie stuff that they did trying I to kind of dramatize it a little bit. That might have been real because, you know, like I said, a lot of the stuff was they got, you know, based from what the family, you know, uh, you know, released to them. You know, Bob in real life, I believe, was, you know, jealous of Richie at that time. You yeah. Know, I'm sure, you know, growing up older, you probably had some kind of guilt. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when I was reading up on him, you know, he actually had Bob was supposed to join him, like in the movie when he asked him to join him back in Chicago. Yeah, he, he exactly. Did, he did ask him, you know, uh, we would like to join them, you know, to join them to, you know, in Chicago on some of the tour sites, tour dates. Right. It was, uh, you know, the whole little, they were doing like a, a Midwest tour. And the Midwest in those January and February are one of the coldest times. Yeah, we live here, so it's, it's bad, you know, when well, that's a bad time of year. Yeah. So, yeah, in the movie, that's, I think that's what they call it, the Winter Dance Party Tour. I think it was, that yeah. was, um, gonna be like Richie Valens, Buddy Holly, and a Big Bopper, right? Yep. Together. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you knew this, but the where, where we went for our senior prom for Waukegan High School, uh, where Richie Valens, Buddy Holly, and Big Bopper, uh, one of their last few places they played that year was uh, uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, at the Marina Shores. Oh no way! That was part of the winter dance, yeah. And I think if I recall, I remember seeing some of their pictures in the hallway. But back then, I didn't pay too much attention to it. But but yeah, that was one of the places. Uh, and you know, and it makes sense, you know, uh, that that you know the Marina Shores is a beautiful place. But uh, they didn't play in that big. Yeah. No, they did play in that big uh, ballpark. They did. So they played in the big ballroom there, where they. Um... That was one of their last shows. That's crazy. I had no yeah, idea. That, yeah, that was one of their <laughs> few, last, uh, few last shows. So then, yeah, so then the Winter Dance Sport Tour, that's where he calls Bob, tells him to meet him out in Chicago, but then, you know, the rest is history, right? So then, um, where were they flying to from there? They were flying to Minnesota. Okay. So they were going up, yeah, they were going up, um, from uh, Iowa up to Minnesota. They were touring all the Midwest, you know, and, um, you know, in a in a in a really old broken down bus that had that had heater problems. You know, and yeah. and you know that I I think looking back at it, I don't even know why you know they st- stuck to that tour. You know, Buddy Holly, you know, was a very uh, a big workaholic. If you read up on him, he's he's he was you know he made so much he made so much music. He was always you know just you know just a workaholic and, yeah you know, he was stubborn too he wanted to you know make sure he got to his other you know to his next gig and i think he was tired of the the bus too having heater problems that you know he got mm-hmm. he booked that plane that whole coin flip was that real too yeah what yeah that, that's crazy. yeah that was you know it was between uh it was between richie and one of his uh one of buddy holly's uh bandmates oh okay. and, uh, yeah i think richie had a like i think he was also had a, he was fighting the cold too during that time mm. Man, so yeah, so then um, obviously everyone, if you haven't, if you haven't seen the movie, sorry, this is uh, spoilers. They don't make it. <laughs> the uh, you know the the plane crashes from flying from Iowa to Minnesota, right? Yeah. And it, Go ahead. Yeah, and, and it crashes, you know, pretty quick, like a few minutes after takeoff. They say they say about what fifteen minutes, oh. about fifteen minutes after takeoff. But you know, when I went to go visit uh, the crash site and the you know the dance, uh, the the surf ballroom where they last played at. Uh, yeah, it's about yeah 10, 15, 10, 10, 15 minute drive from there. So, oh, yeah, wow. yeah, so it you know crashed pretty quick. 
Um, so that, yeah, so then, uh, yeah, that's obviously you know it's tragic because they were all pretty young, right? So I know I know like we said, uh, Richie was like 17, maybe. Yeah. And uh, buddy, yeah, buddy Holly, I think was 23, and Big Bopper was the oldest one. Uh, he was up in his like a little bit after his mid 20s, probably 27, maybe 29. I'm not sure. 27. Man, that's still young. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yep. It's it's sad, man, to know like um, you know that I understand why too, because at that at that at that time in that era, you know, what was it like what year was that? Nineteen fifty nine, I think. And that's now it's known as the day the day the music died, right? Correct. It's it's just crazy. To, I, the only thing I can like kind of compare that to is um, I think when I was driving once back with a buddy of mine. And we were driving back from, uh, like, I think Schaumburg or somewhere like that. And on the radio, they announced that uh, Leah had died in a, cr- in a plane crash. I don't know if you remember when Leah died. Oh. That's crazy. That's the only thing I, I, I could compare that. And it's not even the same. You can't, like, there are different types of music and everything. But to imagine the people living through that back in those days must have been crazy. Because it was, like, three superstars, right? Yeah. Or, Yeah. I mean, just, you know, to kind of like, even though I wasn't a fan, but I respect what he did as a person and outside of basketball. But, you know, same way, you know, Kobe Bryant, you know, died with the, his family and others in there, you know. Yeah. You know, one thing that um, to me is crazy that I don't like kind of a reason I wanted to talk about it, too, is like for Latinos, that's like to look at that story, dude, and that 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 story took place back in those times you know I, I wonder if did he people talk about that a lot like did he face a lot of racism when he did his shows and stuff i don't know but i think donna's dad was in real life you know really racist um i mean come on uh if if it was hard for someone black in the 50s to be on top of rock and roll you know or to do rock and roll you know imagine a latino you know yeah Exactly. And that, like just how much he accomplished, man, at such a young age. And for that, that should be an inspirational story, though, for Latinos, to be honest, you know, um, that you can do anything, you know, even though you're not, you know, of a certain age. And or if you have dreams, you can still pursue them. It's, it's crazy how much minorities were like in the 50s eras were so talented, you know, like, you know, Chuck Berry, another great one. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Chuck Berry. Um, I think that's uh, there's a lot. They do a little bit of story on, on Chuck Berry. I don't know if you ever seen Cadillac Records. No. So yeah, that movie. You know, obviously, well, it's a lot about music, but yeah, they talk. Uh, Chuck Berry is one of was one of the artists, I think, for that record label back in the day, and so was Etta James. I want to say they recorded the Rolling Stones too, and like I think I don't know if uh, Mick Jagger said that or not when he met. I think he said he met Chuck Berry. And that was like one of his inspirations when he first got to the to the U.S. But yeah, obviously, dude, minorities, especially at that time, for you know to be as as famous as they got, or sometimes they were being held back a little bit too. I think. Oh yeah. Because I think they used to cut like records back in those days. They would make like a a version that would play on like you know mainstream radio, and then they would say like a, a version that would be playing on a minority radio station for so long, and like. Yeah, and the money, like they would, like the minority artists wouldn't get the money from that, you know, or they would get like a real tiny percentage of it. 
like um i think that's why like i um you know how we started out like talking about little richard a little bit and you know i don't want to get too off topic you know because we were talking about la bamba um but i think uh that's one of the reasons he sang the way he did too because he wanted to sing in a way that uh a different artist couldn't copy him because that was he was the only one that could sing it that way so i, th- I thought that was kind of crazy to to learn that yeah um yeah another artist i think from that movie that passed away later on in life and i think uh accident but i think it was in a car accident in europe if i remember correctly was the guy that sings summertime blues oh yeah he passed away in real life um oh brian yeah, see, I, I, I was about to say that name but I, was, I wasn't sure if that was uh his name or the one that covered the song afterwards you know what i mean because it was i forgot the name of the group that covered that song for the movie you know but and and and, and that's another thing too um i think la bamba has i mean obviously probably because i love that era of music but i think la bamba because you know even sometimes when they choose other artists to cover you know older older songs um, they don't always do great, but I think everybody that they chose to cover the songs for the Bamba soundtrack sounded uh, a good, if not better. Even though I love the originals, because I do, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I almost like some of the remakes better, you know, just because I like, I'm more, I'm more of an up-tempo kind of guy, even though I like slow jams, but, you know, I will admit that the mm-hmm. crying, waiting, hoping from, from uh, Buddy Holly, the, the original, I like it, you know, but... I love, you know, the remake of, uh, you know, with Marshall Crenshaw that he did for the movie. A little bit more, sounds a little bit more like, you know, like got some, you know, a little bit more energy in it. Yeah, I got you. Oh, that's crazy, but, man. Um, that's, uh, I think I was mentioning to you before we, you know, we started uh, talking about doing an episode that um, I didn't know that Carlos Santana did like original music for that yeah, movie. Yeah, I, th- I think I just barely saw that this year or last year in, in, the, in the credits and I'm like, what? And then, yeah. uh, you know, but it doesn't surprise me because uh, Carlos Santana is, you know, he's amazing and with, you know, with that guitar and everything. And that's another makes makes you proud to be Latino, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So going, just so another going, I think one more thing, you know, before I get off to our track, even though it wasn't in a movie, but they were they were uh, they started off in the winter party tour with uh, Richie Valens and them um, when they first came out was uh, back then they were called uh, Dion and the Belmonts. Which is Dion, the one that sings uh, the Wanderer and Runaround too? Oh I yeah, a, you know I got a replica poster from that day, and you know it says you know Dion and the Belmonts too, and I'm like, oh wow, I didn't know this dude started off you know with the tour with them, but obviously he wasn't that big yet. <laughs> Dion, you know uh, the Wanderer and Runaround too came out, you know way after Richie and them you know passed away and stuff, and actually that winter dance tour continued even after they passed away without them. You know, Dion, you know, was still doing it. And so were, uh, you know, you know, Buddy Holly's uh, bandmates continue to do the tour. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, obviously, you know, money back then was needed. So, you know, but yeah. sure with sadness in their hearts, they did it, though, because, you know, when I read up on it, they, you know, there were it was, you know, it, it was it was tragic for them. Yeah, man, I bet it's just, um, you know, overall, like the movie itself is just kind of that whole rise and the tragic fall at the end you know it's 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 sad because you know that you you just feel like those dudes had a whole life ahead of them yeah yeah and, especially um, just i mean i mean you know you know buddy holly too but it makes you wonder what else or how bigger you know richie could have became and you know yeah for sure 
Yeah, but, definitely. you know, you know, some of their history, you know, some of history still could be, you know, not forgotten by visiting those those, those places are still, you know, still existed. You know, Clear Lake, Iowa. Um, that's that's where, you know, the the crash site and where uh, the surf ballroom is still open. You know, it's uh, actually bands still play there. And during the day or when bands are not playing, they let people tour the tour the place for a donation fee, you know. And it's, oh, you know, wow. it's pretty cool that I think 80 or 90 some percent of it's still original, still intact, you know. That's awesome, man. So did you, how did you feel, you know, um, when you got to go like to, was it Pacoima where, oh, where he was at? Man, yeah. I, yeah, I want to go back there again, hopefully one day, because, you know, when, when I went there, it was, it was kind of quick because, you know, I, I knew it wasn't a great area and. I think at the time I was just having to, you know, fly in from LA, so I was I was hungry. I think I was dehydrated. I started to get a headache, and you know, so I was trying to, you know, drive through some spots yeah. quick. And uh, I was trying to drive down the main street because, you know, before I went there, I was trying to research if they had any murals dedicated to him. And um, there's actually a street, and I forgot the name of the street, but this street has uh, tons of murals painted on the side of businesses and you know apartments and stuff you know from from old famous people like you know frida to you know whatever and then i finally found the one with him in uh with uh the the four you know buddy holly richie valence big bopper and uh and, and the pilot and the pilot you know so i pulled yeah. over you know to get a picture of it it's pretty you know pretty cool uh, and actually they did great work on that whoever painted that but um yeah, but uh, but there's a lot of places in Pacoima that are, are dedicated to Richie. You know, he has his own park, a recreation center. You know, um, uh, Pacoima is not the best uh, looking town. You know, it's uh, you know, <laughs> nah, it's pretty yeah. and, I mean, I didn't see any like like big like McDonald's signs or Walgreens signs. Like all the businesses look pretty run down. You know, and yeah, oh, right. uh, but you know. He, Yo, people from Bitcoin don't come after us because you know no, we're just telling no, no. the truth. I, I, <laughs> it's yeah, no, I mean, I would love to go I wish I could have found, you know, because I like to do my research and I like to find places where people last live. Yeah. But you know, and sometimes I wanted to drive by it and take a risk, but you know, I, to some point, I I, I don't know because I drove by some of the neighborhoods in Pacoima and. You know, they, they, they look, you know, pretty rough. And, uh, but I, I pulled over at the recreational center, you know, to take pictures of the Richie Valens Park and uh, inside the recreational place. They had a lot of, uh, you know, his pictures and stuff like that. I left too, you know, because I didn't want to stay around the area. I didn't, you know, wasn't familiar. And then I think yeah. shortly after that, we went to the San Fernando Valley to go visit uh, his gravesite, which, you know, he's buried next to his mom. My bad to interrupt you. Um, so did they, they end up finding remains then? Oh well, yeah. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They found remains of all three of them. You know, their bodies were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, San Fernando Valley is not mm-hmm. too far from Pacoima, and that's where you know Richie Valens is buried at. And it's, I think, it's pretty cool that people still visit him to this day. Because when, when I was, you know, when I found his gravesite, there was people already visiting him there, and people getting there, and some people that I was talking to there, mm-hmm. it was their like third or fourth time being there, and they're from Texas. They were from Texas, so they were in the area, and they, mm-hmm. you know, stopped by. Yeah, that's cool. So then, um, would you say, like, out of the three, you know, that uh, three prominent artists, I guess, that were featured in the movie, I think, 
was Jackie Wilson also came out and oh, I think yeah. I've seen in the movie too. Do you think safe to say for you, um, Richie Valens and maybe Buddy Holly were probably the two that you you gravitate oh, to yeah, more? But you know, even even though Big Bopper was you know not as big as them two, I mean the Chantilly Lace, you know, speaks for itself. You know, I I love that song. I love that song. Yeah. You know, yeah. to say if I love Richie more than Buddy or Buddy more than Richie, I, I, that's a hard one. You know, I, but I, I probably listen mm-hmm. to more Richie songs than Buddy, but I I, I I can't say which one I love more, you know, because they're both equally as talented, yeah. you know, but uh, Buddy might have more songs because obviously he was out before Richie, Richie ever was. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so, man, yo, I, did, I wanted to say thank you for coming on, you know, talking about this stuff with me. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about it, you think? Um Besides, uh, you're planning your next trip to Lubbock, Texas, to go see uh, where Buddy uh, Holly's from. Yeah, no, that's where uh, <laughs> that's where our friend Breeze, uh, you know, Jose said that I, I should go to too. But um, um, you know, hopefully, I can find more than just his home or you know, gray sites there about him. Hopefully, they got more stuff dedicated to him, which makes it more you know a little bit more interesting to visit. And, you know, yeah. for sure, I would love to go back to the surf ballroom one day. Hopefully. You know, maybe this year or maybe when the kids are of age to, you know, have some drinks and uh, there's a cover band um, because every year, you know, I wish I would have went last year. I think last year was their 60th anniversary of their, their death. But but oh, every wow. year they they do uh, um, they have uh, bands doing tributes to them uh, around their anniversary date of their, 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 their death. And, you know, sometimes there's old famous people there from back in the day. Sometimes there's people, you know, playing their songs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll have some of their family members um, um, uh, visiting there, too. You know? Yeah, because oh, he, wow. yeah, he has That's family awesome, members man. still alive, too. Um, you know, uh, Richie does. Uh, I think the others do, too. But the ones that go to more of those events is, uh, you know, Richie's side of the family. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, if I want to mention anything, you know, if... You know, people's love for music, you know, do do research on, on, on your artist and uh, you'd be amazed what you find in their background. And, you know, you know, visiting some of these sites is, you know, priceless. You know, I yeah. Yeah. Some of those memories are the best memories to me. Going to Pacoima, San Fernando Valley, going to that surf ballroom, uh, you know, even the Hollywood star scene, you know, Richie Valens and Buddy Holly's Hollywood star. That's awesome, man. No, but I just want to say thanks again, man, Javier, for coming on. Uh you guys, you guys, check this episode out. This is uh, revisiting La Bamba, you know, um, and it's also Mother's Day, man. You want to say anything to mom? Well, you know, my mom ain't probably gonna hear this. You know, hopefully, see her next month. Uh, happy Mother's Day, and it's you there know, you both go. my parents' love for music is probably why it's super in my blood. So, thank them for it. Definitely, man. I gotta say that too. Shout out to moms. Happy Mother's Day, um, and yeah, to my wife too. Can't can't uh, can't say that enough. Um, probably add a little uh, little extra Happy Mother's Day to the end of the episode there. But um, yeah, man, appreciate it, bro. This was, this was awesome to do. Uh, hopefully, we can do it again. Maybe if you can, uh, when you get some time, we could uh, do do one on a Cadillac Records, man. Check it out. Oh we yeah, can do a review on that. I gotta check it out. All right, all right, man. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you for coming up. So that was my buddy Javier, uh, my go-to guy for anything La Bamba. So I definitely had to get him on on uh, this episode. And uh, just going to end this with a little shout out. So this is Mother's Day 2020. I'm here with my son. 
who obviously misses his mom, right? You miss mom? Mm, say mama. A mama. <laughs> say mama. It's okay. Um, but we want to say that we both really, really appreciate mom, right? Today, because she means the world to us. Um, for the longest time, we we were waiting for you. You hear that? Yeah. Waiting for Abe to join us. And when he did, finally, we became the happiest people in the world. Right? And we just want to say, we love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. You mean the world to us. Um, to my beautiful wife, Erica. And Abe says, happy Mother's Day too, Mom. This is Mother's Day episode. So we wanted to end the episode by saying, we love you. And happy Mother's Day. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Besides, the sky belongs to the stars, right? <laughs>